0: Take your Bibles, turn with me tonight again, if you would, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter number 27, We uh, Sunday, we looked at verse number 26, talking about those how be moments. And uh, some of you have had those. Some of you who haven't had them, you will have them. Uh, be prepared uh, when, you, uh, when they do come. Uh, you're going to have them. If you are a born-again child of God, you're going to have them. As I said on Sunday, don't think that you may not be in the will of God. Don't think you've lost your salvation. Don't think anything, unless you have sin in your life, that God is dealing with you in any way other than allowing you to go through that moment. If you read the entire account of what I uh, talked to you about on Sunday, you'll see that Paul was right where God wanted him to be. Uh, There was no question about that. But God told him, he said, still, Paul, how bad you're going to go through this? You're going to be cast upon a certain island. Don't know whether I told you not on Sunday, but what I think about, and I think about an island, and it it's a lonely place. You're going to find yourself during these spiritual storms in a place sometime all by yourself. But it does not mean that God has forsaken you or forgotten you. It simply means that he's working behind the scenes. He's getting something prepared for you tonight. I want to give you another verse, and uh, we're going to look at a couple of verses, uh, starting at verse number twenty-seven. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down uh, in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and they sounded and found twenty fathom. And when they had gone a little farther. They sounded again and found it was 15 fandom. Verse 29 is our text verse for tonight. Then fearing lest they should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wish for day. Father, thank you so much again, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for these great people. Lord, they've been faithful. They've been there every night. Lord, they wanted to hear from you. And Lord, I pray tonight that they would hear again. Pray, Father, that the word of God would so challenge them, Lord, that uh, if something is has uh, gone awry in their lives, Lord, that they would get it right. That they would listen to the leading and and, and convicting uh, power of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, just uh, make things right. I want to thank you, Lord, uh, once again, for uh, Dr. Bloom inviting me to come. And, Lord, I only came, Lord, uh, uh, not for me or whatever. I just want to be a blessing to he and his dear folk. Lord, I pray I've been that. Now I pray, Father, that you'd show up tonight in the tonight's service as you've done in the previous nights. And Lord, just have your way in this place. Be your be our honored guests. Because Lord, if you don't show up, all that we do here will be in vain. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, as I look at verse number twenty nine, the Bible says, Fearing lest they should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for day. Now, my my title to this message knowing that we all are going to go through a storm of some type. what anchor will you throw out what anchor will you hold on to when the stormy times come what anchor are you going to hold on to when those stormy times come seeing these men here they were afraid they were scared to death they were in a real storm, not an imaginary storm. In church, like I said, not a, a, not a kind of a storm that you say, oh, well, this is just a little wave or whatever. No, they were in a real storm. But if you are a Christian tonight, the Bible said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, you know, but of, of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, that's what God has given us. But you understand something? When a storm comes, we get just as frightened. We get just as frightened, and tonight I want to ask you, what anchor are you going to hold on to uh, when your storm storm comes? The storm that these men were in, that these shipmen and uh, that Paul was in uh, brought fear to them. When you find yourself in a storm, one of the things that's going to happen, your mind is going to be stirred, your emotions are going to be stirred to the point, church, of listen to me, you're going to be scared to death. You're going to be scared to death. Some of you are sitting here right now and something has been said. You may be going through a spiritual storm and you're worried about it. You're worried about that thing. Uh, I I talk to people on a daily basis who are going through some financial problem. They said, Preacher, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I said, what act, what are you holding on to? Well, I'm holding on to my MasterCard. You might as well throw that away. Huh? You better hold on to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on to his unchanging hand. Hold on to the spirit of God. Hold on to the word of God. Because that's what's going to get you through. Huh? You may be going through medical challenges. And oftentimes we all go. I pray, I pray for the dear lady who sits right over there. And uh, she's a, uh, uh, a Marylander, ex merlander She came down here and got indoctrinated in Florida. And she decides she's going to stay here. But I would tease her every night when I come. And I said, and let me shake my hand of my one-time Merlin and she'd give me a big old small. But I understand now she's in the hospital. Please pray for her. I don't know her as well as you do, but please pray for her. I've met her only since I've been here. But our hearts and things have bonded. And pray much uh, for her. I miss telling her that tonight. So if you see her, someone's here tomorrow, said, Preacher said he wanted to greet his ex-Marylander. And I pray much uh, for her. I'm sure right about now she's wondering what's going on. What's going on? But I believe on the other side of that coin, she's probably saying, whatever it is, my Savior have it under control. Amen. See, church, that's what we got to hold on to. That's what we have to hold on to. In this case, the Bible said the, uh, uh, these murders were, were fearful. And uh, they threw out four uh, anchors out of the stern. Can I tell you all something about this old sea of life that we travel every day? This old sea of life that we travel every day, there are going to be some storms that's going to rise. You're going to find yourself in some rough waters. And in those rough waters, spiritually, there are rocks and stones and things that can harm you if you drift out too far. These mariners didn't want to drift out. They realized they were in a storm. They realized that they were coming close to to land, but they did not want to run aground. They did not want to uh, uh, run into rocks. And they did not want the ship to become, any more battered than it was. And church, spiritually, spiritually, when you find yourself at a point in life and you're being tossed and you're being rocked and you're being battered uh, forward and backwards and so forth, one of the things that you don't want to do, you don't want to drift too far out into dangerous waters because you can go to the point of no return. You said, preacher, what do you mean by drifting out into dangerous waters? Drifting away from the word of God. Because there will be problems that will come in your life that will cause you to take your eyes off of God. You'll even forget that God is there. Remember something. The Bible said about the 14th night, they hadn't seen the sun, the moon, or the stars. Hey, it's easy to believe that God has forgotten you if you are going through a situation like that. And if you are going through some of the issues of life, and you've been praying to God, and you've been asking God to do something, but for somehow you don't see the hand of God moving, it's not hard for the mind to start thinking, maybe God doesn't care. But I want to tell you something. Nothing that you, if you are a child of God, nothing that you go through that God doesn't care about. There's absolutely nothing. Huh? Even the youngest Christian in this place, I want you to realize that your, your concerns and your cares are just as important to God as us old codgers. Huh? Remember the Bible said the, uh, the people brought the little kids to Christ and the, uh, and, the, and the disciples rebuked them and said no. And Jesus said, suffer the little kids to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. Huh? I don't want you young people, school-age school boys and girls, your concerns to the Lord Jesus Christ is just as important as mine. But you're going to have problems. You're going to have difficult moments. You're going to have storms. You're going to have valleys that you're going to try to climb out of. And you can say, I don't know why God put me in this valley. Huh? I don't know why the mountain that's before me is so high to climb. Hey, listen, uh, the, 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 the first thought that comes to mind is, God, please remove the mountain. Don't ask him to remove the mountain. Ask him to give you the strength to climb over it. Huh? Why? There is something that God wants you to know about climbing over that mountain. And Pastor, what could it possibly be to realize that each step that you take, he's itching you closer to the top. Don't, don't ever lose sight of that. The Bible said they threw four anchors out the stern. They did not want the boat to drift out into, into dangerous waters. And uh, they wanted some kind of safety. I want you to understand something, church, about the, the storms of life. The Bible tells me that as a Christian, Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible said, I have an anchor that is steadfast and sure. That anchor is Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight without Christ, you don't have that anchor. I know that there's only so far that I'm going to be able to get away from Him. You say, why? Because if I'm safely anchored and in the, in the more in the Lord Jesus Christ, I can't drift. I can't, listen, I can't lose with Jesus Christ. Huh? You can't lose with Jesus Christ. You want a revival? Hey, what are you anchored in? What are you anchored in? Huh? I'm anchored in all the promises that I find in this book. I can pull out a promise God said what are you pulling that up for that's something I got to hold on to that's something that's going to stop me from drifting and church tonight would to God that if you don't have something and then and, and you, when your mind become, be, you begin to come perplexed and your emotions begin to be stirred and you're saying hey listen Lord I don't know where to turn he said wait a minute yes you do because you just called my name you said Lord you know exactly where to turn you know exactly where to turn Huh? I want you to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than any storm or any problem that you'll ever have. Hmm? He's bigger than any storm, any problem. You said, "Pastor, that sounds good." Try it; you might like it. Huh? Try it; you might just might like it. The anchor will hold in times of difficulty. I'm so glad, church, that when I've gone through problems, huh? I've gone through. Yeah, preachers go through difficulties too. Huh? But I've always felt the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've always felt that He was right there taking care of the situation. And you said, Preacher, say, what did you do? I just hung in there. I just hung in there. Oftentimes, while I was hanging in there, I think I was doing like Paul was doing. I'd found a place where I fell on my knees. You know something about my Savior? There's something about my Savior, when a person falls on their knees and calls on him, hey, there's something that gets a hold of his heart when that happens. He love to see his people. He loved to hear from his people. He doesn't like to hear them complaining, but he loves to hear from them. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Make Jesus Christ your anchor. If you haven't made him your anchor, make him your anchor. You said, why? You're going to find yourself in stormy waters. The Bible said they threw out four four anchors. Paul was on that ship when he threw out those four anchors. You said, preacher, what does that mean? It means just because you're a Christian, you are not going to be exempt from difficulty. You are not going to be exempt from problems. And if someone told you that when you got saved, they lied to you. They lied to you. You're going to have problems. But you said, but preacher, I'm going to have problems. Uh, 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 w- w- what do I do when the problems come? What do I do? Hey, listen, you call on the problem solver. There is no problem. Please listen to me tonight. There is no problem that you can encounter that the Lord Jesus Christ can't solve. Earth has no problem that heaven can't care. No problems. You said, Preacher, I wish I could believe that. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have any choice but to believe it. Yes, right. You don't have any choice but to believe it. <laughs> uh, Christian, you're not going to be exempt from difficulties. You're not going to be exempt from, from rough weather. But I tell you what will happen when you find yourself, when you find yourself in a storm, you grab hold of that anchor. You grab hold of that anchor. Preacher, But why should I hold the anchor? It'll stop your life from becoming shipwrecked. It'll stop your life from becoming shipwrecked. Listen, your pastor, I, myself, and other pastors are are trying to take the word of God in men's lives almost on a daily basis of those who had no anchor to hold on to and their lives are on the verge of shipwreck. Huh? Your anchor will stop you from doing that. It'll also stop you from drifting out too far. From drifting out too far. Preacher, what are you saying? I don't know this to be a fact. Your pastor never told me this, and I didn't ask him. It's none of my business. But I wonder why there's so many empty spaces. I wonder how many people that used to sit in these places, lives have become shipwrecked. I wonder how many who drifted out so far that they couldn't find their way back. I wonder how many who started to drift and didn't have an anchor to stop them. I just wonder why. I don't know. And I'm not going to ask. I'm just wondering. And church, if they drifted, if they didn't have an anchor to hold on to, and if you don't have an anchor to hold on to, if the storms come if the water gets rough, if the seas begin to pounce and toss and rock your ship and you start to drift, if you don't have an anchor that you can hold on to, if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, if you don't have the Word of God, if you don't have the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will drift out into dangerous water and woe is me. These mourners did not want to drift out too far into dangerous water. They threw out four sterns. Huh? They said they threw him them out the stern of the ship, which is the hinder part. But you know, church, I think if I was in a storm like they were in, I think I would have threw one anchor out the back. I think I would have threw one out the front. I think I would have threw one out the side. I think I would have threw one out this side. You say why? Because when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't want to drift in either direction. I don't want to drift backwards. They call that backsliding. I don't want to get ahead of him, I don't want to go to the left or to the right of him, I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I want him to lead guide, and direct my course, I want him in all my ways, I want him to be in full control. You said why? Because he knows the way, even in the storm, even in dark weather, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible said, he's the only one that can make a way when there is no way. So I don't want to drift left. I don't want to drift right. I don't want to drift backwards. I don't want to get ahead of him. I want to follow his lead. Why? Because he knows the way. Uh, he knows the way. The Sunday school class used to sing a little song. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Right. He knows the way through the sea. All I have to do is follow. Uh, he can make a way when there is no way. All I have to do is follow him. But if I drift too far, sometime you won't be able to find your way back. (laughs) No matter what directions. Uh, 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 I want my my ship anchored. What are some of the anchors that we can have? What are some of the anchors, church, that you need to have when your spiritual storms arise? What are some of the anchors? First of all, you need the anchor of the assurance that you're saved. That you're saved. I visited individual homes. I made hospital visits. I made all kinds of visits. And I've seen people going through spiritual maladies, spiritual problems. And I would stop and ask them, I said, before we go any further with this conversation, are you sure you're saved? I said, are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer and he's going to hear you? The Holy Spirit of God might take the nonsense that you're saying, but when the time it gets to the ear of the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows exactly what you're saying. Are you sure you can do that? And they said, Preacher, I think I'm okay. I think I'm saved. And Preacher, I've been going to church all my life. And Preacher, I've done this. And preach, I've done that. I said, but tell me, give, give, me a, give me a Bible reason. Give me a scripture to tell me that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Give me a Bible reason why you know you're saved. Well, I'm a good person. Huh? That won't hold you in a time of a storm. Water baptism won't hold you in time of a storm. Huh? Giving money to a church. I gave money to the church when I was lost. Back in Maryland, when my dad was going to church, the biggest drunk in town would tell my father, said, Mr. Ben, say, put this in the orphan plate when you go to church on Sunday, but don't tell him I gave it. He was the biggest drunk in town. And when a storm came, what did he have to hold on to? Nothing. He was standing on, shift, on shifting sand. He had nothing to hold on to. And church, if you don't have assurance of your salvation, if you're not 100% sure that you're saved, when the storm of life comes, when your boat is, is, is rocked, when your ship is tossed, when the waves are coming over the side, and you feel you're about to drown, you have nothing to hold on to. Nothing to hold on to. But I want to tell you tonight... It doesn't have to be that way. I thank God that my Lord Jesus Christ is still in the saving business. I thank God tonight that his blood is still sufficient to wash the sins from the, from the vilest center. You have to, I'm trying to give you something to hold on to. I've tried to give the young people in, 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 in chapel something to hold on to. They're going to have some storms and I can tell you something, they won't ride them out. If we won't ride them out, they're not going to ride them out. You need something to hold on to. Something to anchor yourself to. My soul is anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at uh, 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 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let me show you what Paul said. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look down at verse number 12. Paul said, For this cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. Unto him against that day. You know what Paul said? I know whom I believe in. I know what he can do. I've committed my life to him. I know he can keep it. He can keep me safe. I know he can keep me right where he wants to keep me. I let the storms come. Let the wind blow. Let the ship rock. Let the wave ride. But I know that I've committed my life to Jesus Christ and he's able to keep it. He's able to stop me from going under. church. That's what you need. That's what you need. Listen to the statements from Christians when they talk. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Huh? The doctor said this, the finance man said this, the tax man said this. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I know one thing. I know who controls tomorrow. I know who holds tomorrow. I know who holds all my tomorrows. And my hope is in him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Uh, I don't have to worry about those tomorrows. Huh? My wife would tell me sometimes, Do you ever worry about anything? I said the least is possible. The least is possible. Why am I going to worry about something that I have no control over? Huh? I, have a, I have a heavenly father that said, cast your cares on him. Huh? And I will do that in a heartbeat. I would do it in a heartbeat. I have an anchor. Now when Paul was when Paul was, uh, 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 was in Paul was in prison. In uh, and, uh, and the, the latter books that he was writing, Paul was in prison, and I want you to understand something. You find yourself confined in a prison or in a hospital, or you become bedridden, huh? or you become where well, you can't really travel like you used to, move back and forth, it's easy to drift. You said, preacher, what do you call it? We don't call it drifting. We call it pity parties. We call it pity parties. And I will guarantee you right now that every person under the sound of my voice have seen a Christian or if someone who's professing to be a Christian go through what we call a time of a pity party. Why do we have pity parties? We don't have anything to hold on to. But pastor, I'm saved. well, are you really? Then why are you having a pity party? Why are you feeling bad about yourself? Why are you going through this? Why, why have you allowed your emotions to drift? Huh? My salvation is based on a fact, not a feeling. My salvation is, based on, or is not based on emotions. Yeah, I'm glad that it isn't. Because some days I get out of bed, I don't feel like anything. Huh? Say, Pastor, are you saved? Well, I used to feel saved. How do you feel this morning? I don't know. Huh? Say, I don't have to say that. Preacher, are you saved? I got saved in 1982. Guess what? I've been saved ever since. You know what the devil said? Some days, some days, fellow, you don't act like you're saved. That's none of his business. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. My citizenship is already in heaven. I'm made to sit in high places in Christ Jesus. Talk what you want, devil. Say what you want. Hey, listen, play with my emotions all you want to. But when it comes to my salvation, it is settled. My salvation is rock solid. How about yours? How about yours? I'm not still trying to work work my way to heaven. I did that a long time ago. I thought I was good enough to go there. Some of you are sitting here right now, maybe still trying to work your way into heaven. Can I tell you something? You're fighting a losing battle. You're fighting a losing battle. Can't work your way there. Some people ask me, said, preacher said, but what about, the, what about the storm? The storm's going to come. The storm's going to come. Preacher, what if you don't make it through the storm? Can I ask you something? What is the worst thing that could happen to you if you didn't make it through the storm? What is the worst thing that could happen to you if you don't make it through the storm? Well, well Pastor, I'll probably die. Huh? Yeah, but you're going to heaven when you die. What's so bad about that? Huh? What's so bad about that? Huh? Oh, sure, we'd all like to make it through the storm, but I think somewhere deep down inside, we all want to make it to those golden streets of glory. Amen. Huh? And if the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't come back and rapture you out of here while you're alive, you're going to those golden streets of glory through something we call death. Huh? Sorry, that's the way you're going. Don't look for a fiery chariot to come down. Don't look for a whirlwind. Hey, that happened back in the Old Testament. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Uh, Better still, allow him to hold on to yours. Allow him to hold on to yours. The Bible said, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. This old salvation of mine tells me, Titus, you're okay. You're okay. You're grounded. Hmm? And the most important thing to know during those storms is that I'm saved. I'm saved. You may be sitting here tonight. Are you in a storm? Pastor, I'm going through something. No one knows what I'm going through. Preacher, I get up every morning thinking about this. I go to bed every night thinking about it. I want to ask you one question. Are you saved? Are you saved? Then you hold on to that salvation. The God of your salvation is able. If it's his will. He can take whatever it is you're going through. He can comment. Over and over in the gospel, when he sent his disciples out on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up, one time he stood up and said, Peace be still. Blew the disciples' mind. Blew their minds. They said, Wow. Wow. What manner of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's the same one that you call Jesus. That's the same one that you call your Savior. That's the same one who went to Calvary and gave his life and shed his blood for you. That's the same one that you say you have put your faith and trust in. Well, if he can calm the storms and he can calm the winds, he can sure calm that storm that's going on in your life. You better hold on to him. I like when they asked him when he was in the ship, Master, carest not thou that we perish? Huh? you know what my Bible said the Lord is not willing that any should perish not any should perish of course he cares but when the storm is coming when the storm is, has arisen has, has, when it's rocking your ship the first thing goes to your does God care of course he cares how do you know he cares look back to Calvary huh? if he didn't care you wouldn't have a Calvary to look back to if he didn't care Come on, church. Come on, Christians. Huh? We're talking about revival. Let's get past the basics. Huh? We have an anchor in Jesus Christ. Your salvation will hold you in the time of a storm. How do you know, pastor? Because if you have a Savior, Jesus Christ, in your heart, he's going to show up. Huh? Paul, Bible said, after a long absence... Paul said, there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord to whom I am and whom I serve. It had belonged. long He took his time to get it there. But by the grace of God, he came. He showed up. And he said, Paul, he said, fear not. Be of good cheer. I got this. That's not King James, the last part anyway. Uh, well, that's what he told Paul. That's what he meant. He said, you go and tell the fellows. I've had this. Not one life is going to be lost. In other words, he said, I'll solve the problem. Oh, you're going to lose your ship, but you're going to make it to shore. That's good enough for me. Uh, That's good enough for me. Uh, I'm going to tell you something that you won't be able to hold on to. If you're sitting here tonight and you're counting on your religion to hold you in a time of storm, it won't. It won't. It can't hold on You said, preacher, how can you say that? Back in John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus Christ came face to face with the best that religion had to offer. He called himself Nicodemus. He was a master in the Sanhedrin. He was a master in the the religion of the Jewish people. And he came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he asked him something. He said, "Uh, uh, uh, how can a man be born again when he's old? Jesus told him, he said, you got to be born again, Nicodemus. Huh? He said, if not, everything that, you, that you're looking at, everything that you got, it's, it's going to amount to naught. He said, hey, listen, you know, uh, you, need to make, uh, you need to accept Christ as your Savior. You need a Savior in your life, and I want you to understand something. I was religious for the first 30, almost 31 years of my life, and my religion did absolutely nothing for me. Well, it did one thing. It had me pointed toward hell. It did that. It had me believing it could do what it couldn't it had me believing it could do what it couldn't what my religion was trying to tell me it could do only jesus Christ could do it if you're here tonight please understand what i'm saying pastor what are you saying preacher what are you saying i'm saying religions are going to send more people to hell than the devil that's right, that's right. preachers don't say that very often do they I don't think some of them believe it. You know what else is going to send more people to hell than, uh, than the devil? They're thinking that they're all that. that they're good. good. Their goodness is going to send them just as fast. It's all about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Savior. It's about the Savior. Huh? About the Savior. Huh? Something else. Something else. Another anchor you need to have. If he, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible tells us not to forsake ourselves together as we see the day is approaching. Huh? We will need the assistance of the saints. Huh? Church, you're going to need someone to pray for you. You're going to need someone to be there to undergird you. That's why we preachers stand in the pulpit and we tell people, hey, listen, when the church doors open, you need to be there. Why? You can be an encouragement to someone else. Hmm? You never know what someone else is going through. I will guarantee you tonight that most of you under the sound of my voice are going through something. You're going through something. Most of you tonight say, well, Pastor Zach, uh, I talk to the Lord in prayer. I talk all the time. But sometimes I just need a shoulder to lean on. Good to have one. It's good to have one. The Apostle Paul found himself in that situation. Second Timothy chapter 2, he said, Demas has forsaken him. Demas one time walked with him. Demons one time with a faithful companion. He said, But demons has forsaken me having loved this, this uh, uh this uh, uh, present world. Huh? He's departed back into Thessalonica. He's gone. Huh? He loved the world better than he did traveling with me. Huh? Paul was in prison. But church, I found something. I found something that I want to share with you. I want to share with you. In uh in uh 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I found this and I stumbled on this, and I hope it helps you. I hope it helps you. Paul said in, uh, in verse number 15, This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be uh, turned away from me. Whom Phile- Phileas and Homogenes, uh, these guys who walked with Paul, left him. When Paul went to prison, those, those men left him. They became ashamed of him. And church, listen to me. That's a storm in itself. When you stumble and fall and everyone walks away from you. And I want you to understand there's not one of us in here that is not capable of stumbling and falling. The last thing that you need is for the brethren to walk away from you and treat you like you have a plague. And that's what they did with Paul here. That's what Paul was writing about. And look what he says here in 2 in, in, uh, in Timothy uh, chapter 1. Verse number 16, he said, the Lord gave mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, uh, for he oft refreshed me. Look at the last part of that verse, and was not ashamed of my chains. Here was the great apostle Paul, who had written most of the New Testament, Huh? Who, had in, who had started churches? Who had encouraged saints? Now he's in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the brethren are ashamed of him. Hmm? And this this gentleman, on this forest, and the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about him. I don't know that much about him, but a name like that, I, you know, I, I could say, "Who is this guy?" Huh? But I want you to. Th- I want to say something. God isn't into names. That's right. Huh? He's into the treatment of the saints. Here's this man that went to Paul while he was in prison. He refreshed him. He probably wasn't a, a comfort to him. He may even carried him uh, 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 provisions. He, he probably went there to say, Paul, is there anything I can do for you? Paul, would you just like for me to talk with you? Would you just like for me to sit here? Paul, like anything I can do for you, Paul? He said, I'm here for you. He said, he refreshed me often. He didn't forget him. He didn't forget him. You say, what else, Pastor? Look at verse uh, verse number, uh, number 17. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and he found me. He went to Rome looking for him. He went looking for a brother who was in prison how many people, church, listen to me, how many friends have you had over the years who used to be members of the church who dropped out, maybe they got mad, maybe something happened, maybe they're sitting home tonight, lonely, angry, upset, how many of them that you used to say brother, sister, whatever uh, that you have gone looking for and say listen, let me try to refresh you, let me try to restore you, let me get you back to the house of God, I just want you to know that I love you brother, I'm here for you, how many Many times have we done that? That's what this Ananias Forest did for Paul. He refreshed him. He looked for him. Huh? He looked for him. Huh? We want revival, right? Huh? You change your mind? Huh? I think that's what I came here for to preach a revival meeting. Huh? This guy, Ananias Forest, went to refresh Paul. He went looking for him. Huh? He knew that Paul needed something. He needed someone to come and Undergird him. He, needed, he knew that Paul needed someone like a Barnabas to come alongside him. And on this, the a Barnabas, then he, uh, but I'll go. Huh? I'll refresh him. I will be what you want me to be. Brother, I'm here for you. I'm not ashamed of your chains. I know you're not here for blasphemy. I know you're not here for sin. I know you're not here for something ungodly. You're here because this world hates God. This world doesn't want anything to do with God. But I want you to know, Paul, I'm still proud of you. I'm not ashamed of your chains. He said, I'm not ashamed of your chains because you're not ashamed of the Jesus that you preach. Did you believe in. He says, so I'm not ashamed of you. You're going to need that. Huh? You're going to need that. Some of you may find yourself in a peculiar predicament. You're going to need someone to come alongside you and say, I'm praying for you. I'm here to help you. But hmm? well, let me tell you, another anchor that we have, we have another anchor that we can cast out. And that's an anchor of knowing that one day We don't know when, but our Savior has promised, excuse me, our Savior has promised he's going to come back for you. Uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. But in my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He's coming back. I can hold on to that. This old world can throw anything at me that it wants to, but I got a Savior that's going to come and rescue me. When is he coming, Pastor? I don't know, but Lord God, I know that he's coming. It doesn't matter. He can come tonight. He can come tomorrow. He can come 50 years from now, but he's coming back, and he's coming back for me, and I'm glad of that. Huh? You said, but Pastor, what are you going to have to go through? What did he go through for you? And me. Huh? He's coming. That's an anchor I can hold on to. Hell cannot claim me. It would like to, but it can't. Has no holes on me. I said last night, night before last, I couldn't go to hell if they turned the world upside down. I can't. The only thing I'll ever know about hell is what I read in this book. My anchor is already in Jesus Christ coming back getting me. He's prepared a place for me. Huh? My name's on it. You want to come by and pay me a visit sometime? Come on. Huh? My name's on it. Huh? I'll leave the light on for you. Huh? I don't sorrow like those that have no hope. Paul told us in 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, "Hey, we don't sorrow like those that have no hope. I know storms are going to come, but you know one thing? My Savior will help me to wither the storm, and even if He doesn't, He's going to come and get me, whether I'm on top of the ground or under the ground. Hmm? Do you have that assurance? Can you claim that? Huh? Do you have the God's Word on that? Can you quote God's Word on that? I can, because that promise was made to me. I accept it personally. The men in the book of Acts stood up and watched the Lord Jesus Christ go up in Acts chapter 12. The angels stand on side of him and say, what are you looking up for? Why are you looking up? The same Jesus is going up. He's coming again in like manner as you've seen him going to heaven. He's coming back. I'm not looking for another Jesus. I'm not looking for some young moon. He's dead now. So I don't have to look for him. I'm not looking for all these guys going around saying, I'm the second coming of Christ. I know when Jesus Christ comes, I will recognize him. He will call me by name. I'll answer his voice. He'll say, come up hither a stranger I'm not going to follow. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10. He said, I know my sheep and they know me. I call them by name and they follow me. I have an anchor the song said which keeps my soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fast to the rock that cannot move that's where my anchor is where's yours? where's yours? Huh? those men on that ship wanted an anchor huh? they wanted an anchor they wanted something to hold on to church tonight I, no, I, I know my, I'm a little long winded you got to work tomorrow when I start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ I get excited I get long winded huh Uh, But that's an attribute of a Baptist preacher. But do you have an anchor? Are you sure that when the storms come, you have an anchor that will hold? If you have Jesus, I would say yes. If you don't, i say you need him. Grab a hold of him. Receive him while he's near. Get a hold of him while he's still in the saving business. Hmm? And how about a friend? How about a faithful friend? How about an huh? Or will you be an forest to someone who's going through something? You may know someone's going through something. They just need someone to come and refresh them. That's an anchor that they can have. I got a faithful friend. I have a faithful brother. I have a faithful sister in the church. Not just my pastor. I have another faithful brother or sister in the church. Huh? Or you're looking toward the eastern sky praying that today would be the day that Christ returns. When you get tired of all this old mess that's going on in this world, you'll look to that eastern sky and ask it, Lord, is this the day you come in? I'm ready. If no one else is, I'm ready. If the storm that I'm in, if that's the one that will bring me to you, I'm ready for that too. I don't know where you are tonight, church. I hope that message will help you some. I hope it helps help you see if you have an anchor The murder's throughout four. I just need one, and I got it. That's Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed.